1: Hey everybody, it's the Title Nine Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined as always by my beautiful and talented and wonderful co-host, Alisa
2: Woods. Hi, Alisa. Hi. How I just are gonna, you? I'm good. I want to set the scene for everybody. So Steph is wearing a sparkly blazer with uh, multicolored uh, butterflies all over it. She has <laughs> neon green high heel stilettos on right now. Um, and she's talking in a southern accent (laughs) y'all
1: i forget what what we're obviously referring to the grand kim mulkey here um and the what what can you call it the uh attention grabbing attire that she wore on the on the sidelines yeah um she said
2: well, somebody no. found it Really? it was yeah. And it's not that expensive. Heather How Burnside much? sent it to me. It's like 350 bucks. Oh, oh, this is tempting. You know? But here's the thing. I feel like we can find, and I told you this, I feel like we can find a Jojo Siwa, like target sparkly blazer somewhere and just go over to Michael's and get some butterflies and pin them on. I see a Halloween costume in my future. Oh, I like, I like. All right. And I'm just going
1: to, I'm just going to say this before we introduce our sponsors, because I don't want to get flacks because we've talked a lot on this podcast about how we shouldn't judge women by what they wear. And let me just say, there is a (laughs) distinction here because those, those conversations are about women not getting jobs or not being allowed in roles because of what they wear. This is entirely different. She is the head of the women's basketball team at at LSU. And if a man, and walked out wearing the kind of sparkly jacket that she walked right. out in i would be saying the same damn thing so right. this is an entirely different conversation there is a distinction so before you come at me haters there it is
2: let's say i i could go on a rant about cam dunes outfits any any time
1: <laughs> or who's the guy that it was an nba player who walked down that pink Sweater. Oh my gosh. Who was
2: that? I don't even remember. Let me just say that that was
1: hideous. That was more hideous than the Kim Moki butterfly jacket. Yeah. So there you go. It was bad. All right. Shout out to our friends at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Can you give them a hoodie hoo? And of course, shout out to our friends at Mississippi River Distilling Company who support the entire Cyclone Fanatic podcast network. We love all of our sponsors and are so grateful to them. And we're especially grateful to be a really good podcast in store. What do you think? I think it's going to be great. Okay, good. I like that attitude. fan freaking test. Fan-freaking-tastic. Lisa and I both have a couple of rants that we've been dying to go on. Oh, yeah. A special guest at the end of the podcast that we think you will all enjoy. Should we tease it now or should we just let it be?
2: Maybe we should tease it so people don't tune out because I'm just afraid people are going to listen to this on their way to work and then not listen to the second half.
1: Okay, so it's some, can we tease it? It's someone that Alisa, that knew Alisa in her super popular cool days back in high school and middle school. Can I say it like that?
2: We do ask him if I was popular. So we do stay tuned to find out if Alisa was popular in high school. There you go. That's a good tease. You might be able to guess. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right, let's start with football. We found out we're recording Monday night. We found out yesterday afternoon that our beloved football team is going to Orlando to the Cheez-It Bowl on december 29th i tweeted this but um i woke up the girls from their nap and i, w- I explained to them that bowls have names and that we're going to the cheese bowl <laughs> and they were indeed very excited they yes, love their cheese. so we love we're gonna have to do some kind too. of you were talking about doing a cheese It dessert weren't you just to... oh
2: i did i did
1: maybe mention a cheese It macaron. <laughs> cheese It macaron. so we got to do something yeah. we'll do something <laughs> um unfortunately i think the big news is not where we're going to a bowl game. I think it's safe to say the big news in college football right now is the coaching carousel from hell that's been going on for the last couple of weeks. And I mean, you guys, you guys are listening to the podcast, you're sports fans. You know that the first major domino was Lincoln Riley to USC, followed by Brian Kelly to LSU. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I was pretty amused by the Lincoln Riley news just because you've got OU thinking they're this big. Tough guy going to the SEC and suddenly their stud head coach is like, see you later. I'm gonna do to you what you did to the Big 12.
2: Yep. Yeah. And their AD and or I just, their president I got a lot of great joy, petty joy. Out of that. Oh yes. they I yeah, don't remember yeah, it was their president or their AD was like, I would have liked a little more heads up and we're like, oh did you?
1: oh the irony was just so completely lost on them it was i i couldn't tell if i felt bad for them or if i just wanted to punch them all in the face but um so that's kind of when i i i enjoyed that part of it you know and then all of a sudden this kelly move happens and the news got out on Twitter before he tells players and his staff and they were also they were essentially left high and dry. And then we find out he sends this group text to his players that basically says, I love you, but money calls. And then the next morning at 7 a.m., they have a team meeting and he's there and he gives them what's essentially a two minute talk. And then he he's done. And This is the rant I want to go on. It really bothered me and it made me feel gross and dirty. And I know that this is the state of college athletics, but particularly college football. But there was just something about this particular, just the the set of circumstances, the Riley stuff and the Kelly stuff that made it feel different to me. And I think the first part of it is just the sheer amount of money that we're talking about. I mean, these are astronomical contracts that we're talking about. Kelly's is over $100 million over the course of the the 10 years that he signed for. And I, I know I've said this on this podcast before, but short of saving the world, like when you stop and think about it, what kind of human being? is worth that kind of money. And it's the answer is not a college football coach, but here we are just throwing this money out there all of a sudden. And I I think this is particularly true after last year, how we heard about how hard things were gonna be in light of COVID and the lack of fans. And I mean, we're not even a full year after that. And suddenly we're paying coaches at Florida. We're paying coaches at, um, LSU, USC, Oklahoma, $10 million a year. What happened to that COVID year where we, where everything, the walls were crashing down suddenly it just doesn't matter anymore. And I think what's worse is that it comes after this, you know, finally we're allowing players to, to make some money off of their name, image, likeness, but that's, with the exception of a handful of players, I mean, that's just pennies and nickels and dimes at this point in comparison to what, what these coaches are making. And I think what's bothering me so much is especially in college athletics, the players are the one that make the game, the game. I mean, they are the reason that we show up week after week. It's the, the stories of the players. Yeah. The coach is a piece of it, but the players make the game. And I, you know, I was thinking about it. It's like a, it's like paying the conductor of an orchestra without paying the musicians or paying the director of a movie without paying the actors or paying a restaurant owner without paying the chefs and the cooks. And I, I truly am not minimizing the importance of the coach at Iowa state. We know what, what a good coach can do for your program, but without their, without players, there is no product. And I'm not even advocating for straight up Playing, paying the players at this point, because I think at that, that, I think that's all different can of worms that we really think need to think long and hard about. All I'm saying right now is that the size of these contracts makes the discrepancy between what the coaches are making and what the players are earning or potentially earning from, from the name image like this. It's just disgusting at this point. And it's ridiculous to pay these coaches like we are in comparison to, to the players who are essentially receiving. Most of them are receiving nothing, but their college education.
2: How do you feel? Oh, I have more. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Okay. So I, that actually brought up something with me. Like it makes me think about how much bigger, like the NFL quarterback, um, deals are getting and like how much more money and more money and more money they're making. We talked about this the other day. Like sometimes like someone will catch the ball and the ball only flew in the air for five yards but then the guy yeah. will like, you know, juke out a couple he players. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, and he makes it a, you know, 60 yard run. Well, that wasn't, yep. Yeah. That wasn't a 60 yard reception. That was a five yard reception. And right. so like without amazing, incredible receivers and tight ends, like your quarterback isn't worth that much. And I just, I just don't think that quarterbacks have to be worth as much as what they're paying.
1: No, it's, it's the same type of thing. It's like, yeah. it, without yeah. your receivers, the quarterback is no good. Well, without the mm-hmm. players, the, the coach doesn't matter. And I, I, like, I, I understand you can't have one without the other. And that's, what I'm saying it, the discrepancy is just so insane and astronomical right now. And then the, the other part of it, it was two parts. So there's that, that just the, the grossness of the money. And then there's this human aspect to it. And, there was this coldness and sterileness of the way Kelly just got up and left. And it it just freaked me out a little bit because I I made a comment about how there's the way that Brian Kelly talked to his players at that 7am meeting. And then there's the way that Matt Campbell looks at his seniors and someone commented to me, well, that was probably by design. Notre Dame probably wanted him out of there. I get that. But my larger point is, he could have found a way to talk to his team and his staff before the news got out. Is that hard in the world of social media? Yes, it is extremely difficult. I don't care. Find a way. Because in college athletics, it's not supposed to be a business. I mean, you and I and everyone listening know it is, but it's not supposed to be. Because we keep telling these kids and treating them as if they aren't professional. We don't treat them like professionals when it comes to compensation. We don't treat them like professionals when it comes to, to um, you know health and insurance and retirement. We don't treat them like professionals when it comes to recruiting. We have coaches going into their homes, talking to them about being better men and how we're going to, we're going to turn you into a, you know, an adult and with good morals and standards, blah, blah, blah. And if that's the case, you can't as a coach, just leave them high and dry like this, like what is happening right now in professional sports, entirely different story. It's cutthroat. Guys get traded and they have to react and and move their families overnight. But the difference is they get paid to do that. That is an expectation of professional sports. And it's not that as things stand right now, it's not the expectation of collegiate sports. And I just I'm at the point where we can't have it both ways anymore. We've either got to stop pretending they're amateurs or start treating it like actual amateurism. And I, I think ultimately that this isn't sustainable. There's a bubble here. And I think we're probably seeing the cusp of the burst of that bubble. But the problem is, and this is the part where I'm struggling so much, is I'm going to keep watching because I love it. And even though I recognize how disgusting and backwards and messed up it is right now, probably more than ever, at least the attention is on how disgusting it is more than ever. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm the one who's bamboozled here because I, I keep buying in, I keep consuming it and I'm going to keep consuming it. So I don't know. I don't know how it changes. Do you,
2: I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about how long Jack Trice will be Jack Trice. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's already mid American cellular, right. Before it's U S cellular, you know what I mean? Like we're actually going to get rid of anything that's, personal or historical with some of these buildings and some of these arenas and stuff like that and eventually yeah. and it's going to have somebody's name slapped on the outside.
1: And I guess if that's I think you're right and if that's the way it's trending then we need to figure out how to channel some of those those dollars into the athletes' pockets because yeah. if this is going to keep if this is going to keep trending into what is essentially professional sports but we're just not calling it that anymore. Than, or so far then we need something has got to give here. And, and like I said, I don't, I don't honestly know how I feel about just flat out cashing checks for players, you know, making them employees. I, I am very hesitant about that for a lot of reasons. Um, but I, the way it is just can't be the way it is anymore. Yeah. The and the easy for me the gray to say,
2: area.
1: <laughs> yes, they are. There is a line it was a gray line, gray area, and they are well past it. That's mm-hmm. a great way to put it. Rent back
2: into that gray area.
1: <laughs> but I don't I I don't know how we do that. I thought that last year kind of might be a moment of reckoning where athletic departments and schools had to really look at their budgets and say, all right, what are we doing here? You know, we've lost X amount of dollars because of COVID. And that was probably extremely naive of me because here we are and it's, it's more obnoxious than it's ever been. So I don't, I don't know. I don't have a solution. That was just my rant and it's been
2: bothering the hell out of me the last few days. I think it's really going to depend on how these guys do at USC and LSU. Like if they do very well, then it's just only, it's only going to continue the carousel will continue, but if they don't do well, then some of these athletic departments are going to think twice about doing something like that.
1: I hope so. Cause it's just, uh, and when you're, when you have a bunch of college coaches making more than, than coaches in the NFL, there's something really questionable about that, but that's where we are. Thank you for letting me rant.
2: You're welcome.
1: (laughs) All right. Do you have anything else to add to that? Or do you want to take a quick break before we dive into basketball? Let's take a break. All right. We are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. We'll be right back.
2: All right. It is
1: CyHawk week, baby.
2: It is. And actually, you you guys, what we have right now is we have our podcast, but then there is another camera that we just have on Kim Mulkey on the side. (laughs) So if you guys could watch us, you would also see Kimmy Cam on the side.
1: Kimmy Cam. Yeah. We have a permanent Kimmy Cam installed. We do. Yeah.
2: Right now she's painting her toenails. (laughs) Bright yellow. Bright yellow. (laughs) To match to put match your bumps. Yeah, it's 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 bright LSU yellow and then the party nail is purple. The party (laughs) nail? <laughs> you know how, like the, party nail. the ring finger. Oh, I know. Party nail. Okay, I don't know. Maybe you some know. people who listen don't know about the party nail But <laughs> you paint I'm... one of your fingernails like a sparkly, or like a fun color, like a print or something.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a real thing. It's a real yeah. thing. It's funny how. That has become, you know, and everybody knows how I feel about Kim Mulkey, but it's just funny how that was such an intense rivalry and it carried over to this year. Uh, even after she left for LSU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the women lost to, to the fighting Kim Mulkey's last week, unfortunately, but they have, (laughs) they have an opportunity this week to, uh, play a, top ranked Iowa Hawkeye squad. That's of course led by Caitlin Clark. And I know that I'm not supposed to say this because I'm supposed to be a diehard cycling fan, but I'm actually very excited to watch Caitlin Clark play in person. So I just think she's incredibly talented and we I hope I beat that the out. crap out we of the Hawkeyes. <laughs> 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 I just, I respect her talent. Can I say that?
2: Yeah, that's fine. Okay.
1: All right. Can we talk really quick? Uh... <laughs> Before the season started, I knew I'd be pumped for the women's CyHawk matchup. I had no idea I'd be pumped for the men, but I, know. I am so excited. I love this team. I love this team. Very and I'm excited and
2: nervous, of course.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Super nervous. This one's going to sting if we don't somehow pull it yeah. out. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, So that's Thursday night, of course, the women play on Wednesday. And did you have a rant you wanted to give me since you listened to mine? I
2: mean, it's not as intense as your rant or put together, but I just feel (laughs) like there was this, this sense within, like, I don't even know if I want to say the local media, but I kind of feel like local media a little bit was pushing this, especially like the Hawkeyes. So local media that, you know, Iowa state football, they understand performed and you know it was really disappointing and they they weren't everything that they thought that they would be um and then we get to the basketball team and it's not like oh they're overperforming oh they're surprising us it's like well they'll, they'll eventually throw show their true colors you know they they've gotten lucky these few games but just wait until they get into conference play you know it's it's just like we didn't live down to our expectations for basketball. And now it's like, oh, well, they really are bad. You know what I mean? Like, we can't win. No, I can't. I'm right. We can't just be like surprisingly good when we were surprisingly bad at football. Like, right. Why the same why aren't,
1: logic aren't, doesn't apply.
2: Right. Like, why aren't yeah. we just surprisingly good? And it's like, right. I'm sorry, but it's not, this team isn't like, Tricking the other team into winning. They are hustling. It's they, hard work. Yeah, they are outplaying their team. They are being, the other team is being outcoached. They come out of the timeout with an inbounds play because the press was giving them fits. Like they make adjustments. You know, they have this motion offense where it's actually, they're actually moving the ball. They have a clear lane for a layup and they pass it to the trailer for the dunk what like i know it's shocking (laughs) someone would rather have an assist than like a wide open and i will say if there were other players around i would have said like you got to go up with that but there was no one else around and that he passed it back to him and it was amazing and it was like it felt good. And it's like, these, these players are good. Like Caleb grill is a good three point shooter. And I think that he underperformed when he was here before. And it was kind of a joke, but I think that, you know, he had some time away and he, he came back a a phenomenal player and he came back with a coach that was setting him up to succeed.
1: That is the difference right there. Well said.
2: And he was, he came back with, a a better idea of which shots were his. And I think which role was his to take. And
1: And not even, not even to add to your point, there's a coach who understands what his role should and needs to be. Yes.
2: Yes. And I think that like, I think that Steve Prome tried so hard to make men out of these players and somehow like Ox is doing that with these players without making a big deal saying it? it. Yeah. Yes.
1: Without focusing it's on the it. actions and it's the actions speak louder than words mantra. Yes. And I know it's cliche, but I, I mean, just look at the way these guys play for each other. Yes, There is there is not one single guy on this team who underperforms um, and who isn't working his butt off. Yeah. Are they going to have off nights? Yes, of course they are. That's just the way basketball goes, but, but it's not a matter of hanging your head and not playing hard. It's a matter of, keep playing harder, figure out ways to make your role more important on defense. Like they understand the task that's been given to them and they are bought in.
2: And this is what drives me crazy. Like, are they going to have games? Are they going to have games that they lose? Are they going to have games where they don't play as well? Who the F cares? Why are we talking about that? Why are we so focused on when they fall? Right. Like we're so focused on when they lose. We're so focused well, course, on like, of course they're going to,
1: I mean, of course they're going to, they're not, I mean, I,
2: it's. I would venture to guess not many teams are going to go undefeated. <laughs> not many right. teams are going to go undefeated. So yes, they are going to lose, but the attitude with which people talk about, well, they're eventually going to show their true colors type thing. Like they're eventually like, this isn't sustainable. I don't see why it's not sustainable. Well, as a uh, former basketball player, I do not see why this is not sustainable. (laughs) And and,
1: and Scotty Christofferson would have something to say about that too, because I, I don't know if you've heard him say it, but he keeps, you know, making the point at some point we need to start giving these guys credit and stop acting like it's a fluke. It's exactly yes. what you're saying. And yes. And I, and you, know, their effort, they're going to play with that same effort and intensity every single time out the floor. And yeah. I think that is what's going to win them games that we probably didn't expect them to win before the season started. And yeah. that is what's making it so damn enjoyable right now.
2: And I think that nobody, nobody came back. Or nobody came in and is like, "Oh wow, I wasn't expecting that." Like, "Oh wow, I wasn't expecting that." George Condit would go overseas and improve over the offseason. Yes, of course we were expecting, we were hoping, you know, that he would improve. Like, but they are playing the best versions of themselves. Yeah. Which why are we expecting eighteen to twenty? Why are we talking about eighteen to twenty-two year old men? eventually not being the best version of themselves like we're i think that's that's a disservice
1: yeah i agree with you especially i mean we're i know i know it's still early in the season but we're eight games in right now and there's not been a drop off and what i at this point what would leave anyone to believe that there will be right and it's not a it's it's exactly what you said um Yeah. They're going to lose games. Of course they are, but it's not going to be a matter of effort, And that's the difference between this season and the past few seasons. Yeah. It's really, and it's great. It's great to see. And a
2: lot of, a lot of people are saying like, Oh, Oh. this isn't really a tournament team. Like if the tournament were right now, yes, it would be a tournament team. This is undefeated and they have played ranked opponents. It's not like they've had an entirely fluff preseason.
1: (laughs) And I guess to, to your point at at this point, why don't we just enjoy what it is right now? Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Just enjoy this and, and continue. And I think for the most part, I think your frustration is with fans that are outside of Iowa state, right? Do you think that's fair? A hundred percent.
2: And it isn't even fans. It's like media people who are either unbiased or Hawkeye fans, you know,
1: because I, Iowa State fans, by and large, seem to have really bought in and just saying like, "Thank you for figuring out a way to get these guys to yeah. play hard and let's let's enjoy the ride." Yeah, and it's are, that's been really cool to see.
2: And it it just feels like when we're talking about like unbiased media, always defaults to like, Hawkeyes are great, Cyclones are not great, and it's yeah. just like that's that's the tone that they take. It feels yeah. like. And, Right.
1: And that's incredibly,
2: it's just demeaning.
1: Yeah. It's demeaning.
2: Um, and doesn't, it doesn't yeah, reflect demeaning. the work that they've
1: put in? I completely agree with you. And it's interesting because, um, I don't feel that way with the women's team. I feel like the, the coverage of the women's team is pretty much like, just, you know, they give the credit where credit is due. And Agreed. so I'm not sure why that is the case with the men. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I I wanted to mention one more thing before we get to our special guest. Can I go backwards for a second? Go backwards. So when we were uh, we were talking about the um, the fighting Kimolkeys and the loss to LSU, and you and I talked a lot in text messages about the broad the ESPN broadcast. And there's just one more thing. We'll talk to our special guest. We just introduce our guest right now. I'll go for it. Okay. Billy finally is going to join us in a couple of minutes. He's the longtime assistant coach to the women's basketball team. Um, but this is Don't one thing I wanted to mention before we get. it
2: was a long time that we graduated high school. It's
1: not a long time. I mean, I mean you being so it, rude. It was. It was a long time. You're being so you're rude. old.
2: You're being so. You are so
1: old. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's not old, but you're old.
2: I'm gonna spit in your coffee. Please do. <laughs>
1: Uh, the the so the broadcast ESPN broadcast they of course had the Kimmy Cam which we've been referring to it was a lot of a lot of Kim a lot of Kim time <laughs> but Courtney Lyle was on the call and she was the woman who did um she was at West Virginia did she do the West Virginia game yeah I think it for was us, the football game yeah and she was she was god awful on that broadcast and she was with um uh. What the Oklahoma State quarterback? Why can't I think of his name
2: right now? The old one. The the one when
1: we beat him. I do know. I I know
2: who you're talking about. Now I've lost it. Brandon
1: Whedon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It came to me. Um, they were bad. They were a bad team. They were, they were terrible. And I was hopeful that she would be better on the, the women's, uh, basketball broadcast, but it was the, it was the Kim Mulkey show. And I just, at this point, Courtney, you're not welcome in name So just stay the hell out. Ooh, <laughs> but I, want, okay, I do want to say one thing. I get really Courtney, frustrated.
2: <laughs> Steph Copley, Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh.
1: I get really frustrated when people complain about her voice, like the tone oh. of her voice. That's not what I'm complaining about. I'm complaining about her not being knowledgeable about the teams that she's covering and the game that she's calling. Okay. So I just wanna make that clear. That's an important okay. distinction also. That, that involves the distinction about the, what the hell is Kim Ilke wearing? Like yes. those are very important distinctions to me. Yes. So if you're going to complain yes. to me about Courtney Lyle and you complain about her voice, I'm going to come at you and say, that's not a, that's not a thing that I want to hear. Yes. If you want to come at me about her not knowing anything about Iowa state, then I'm all in. Let's right. do that. Let's pile on.
2: We can also okay. mention the numerous male broadcasters who have called us the Hawkeyes. So it's I mean, that's just, just like here. everyday occurrence, right. for God's sakes. Right. Right. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's go chat with Billy. Um, one quick thing. Did you see Paige uh, Beckers from Yukon? Did you see she signed with Gatorade for the first
2: NIL yes, deal? Yes. So she signed with, I I want to say maybe a shoe deal with Steph yeah. Curry. Yes. There And there was okay. something else too, but it's something pretty cool. With Steph Curry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But last night she got hurt in a non-contact injury and I haven't seen um her status, but they were hopeful last night that it was just some bruising. So fingers crossed okay. because yeah. she's one of the stars and I would I, you know, she's she's too good of a player for something like that to happen. So fingers crossed. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh we will go ahead and get Billy on. We to do that now. Yeah. All right. Bring him in. Bring him in. Let's do it. And uh just in case we don't say this at the end with Billy, should we say our go cyclones, go state?
2: Well yeah, we have to. It's our tagline okay. and All no right. one else can use it.
1: No one else. Todd and Brett.
2: Mm -hmm. If you listen, this long. (laughs) Go
1: go Cyclones. Go State. We are joined by a very special guest tonight. You've probably heard his name a couple of times in the uh, women's basketball sphere. We are joined by assistant coach, Billy Fenley, the assistant coach of the women's basketball team. Thank you so much for joining us, Billy. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to join you (laughs) ladies on this uh, great podcast this week.
2: We've been trying to get you on for a long time. So I'm excited that we did finally nail it down. Even though you're a little shorthanded at home, we appreciate you coming, coming on. I
0: I know we picked the one time that my wife's gone, but no problem. Uh, (laughs) iPads come in handy, you know, uh, from time to time. So I'm pretty sure I'll be, uh, undistracted here for a while. (laughs) We've all been there. We've
2: all been there.
1: So we uh, got, okay, I'll go first. So we are big (laughs) fans of your squad. Um, we had so much fun watching your team grow and develop last year. And we talked so much about how your freshmen played like they were veterans and it's just been incredible to see them grow, um, from, from last season to this season. And I think obviously Ashley Jones is your star, but what's it like to have these young guards play like veterans, even though they're still so young.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We talked a lot about going into the year with COVID. It gave everybody another year and obviously our three seniors for three very different reasons um, chose to not come back to Iowa state, obviously Um, two just graduated and entered the workforce and Maddie wise due to some personal reasons, decided to play basketball closer to home. Um, If those wouldn't have happened, she obviously would have been back with us. So um, no hard feelings either way. It just happened that we didn't have any of our seniors return. So while everybody else got older, and certainly our freshmen did become sophomores, we still feel like we almost in a weird way got younger or stayed about the same compared to everybody else. We just got done playing LSU who had, I think something like 22 years of experience starting for them. And uh, we're looking at, you know, um, I don't even know eight years, maybe Matt, I mean, nine, I guess, Ash, Ash is in her fourth year. But uh, other than that, I think it's, it's been one of those things where those guys have grown up uh, quickly. And, you know, you're talking about Lex and Emily and, and now Aubrey that kind of feel like household names, but are really only in their 10th game of their sophomore year and didn't even play a full season last year. I mean, we were probably five or six games short of a normal, normal, regular season never played in front of a crowd last year. So um, what we're asking them to do is probably a little bit unfair, but also you're seeing them play at a super high level. And uh, then you can also, obviously you want to live in the moment and you want to win every game right now. And and I think we have the ability to do some special things this year, but it's hard not to be like, wow, you know, these guys are only going to get better. And then you still got a junior year and a senior year, and then maybe they can even take their fifth year. Like, um, it was easy for everybody to say, okay, is a senior class coming back? But when you have special freshmen and sophomores like we did, it was like, okay, are they going to take their fifth year when they get there? And now Maggie McGraw, who's technically really only a sophomore. So, um, yeah, it's. It's interesting, and it's uh, it's been a it's been a, a great ride. But those guys are growing up fast, and uh, it's been exciting. You
1: mentioned Aubrey Jones, who I just feel like all of a sudden is on fire, and she's you know she had another double double on Sunday, and I just feel like a, from a spectator's perspective, is playing with so much confidence right now. Have you seen that come come out in practice as well?
0: We have. You know, it's it's interesting that <clears throat> you never know what's going to kind of get somebody going a little bit. And um, all through preseason, her and Danae on a given day, you could have said, okay, they give us something very different. Um, a- and I think for a while, it was like, okay, they're each going to play 25, 30 minutes a game. Whoever starts doesn't really matter. You know, they're the other one's going to come in and, and uh, Danae, we tried to get her going by bringing her off the bench in her third game, which ended up being her, best game at Drake uh, came off the bench and had 12 points. Then found out right after the game that she had a, a stress reaction. And they were like, Oh my goodness. Like most kids wouldn't have even been able to walk on it. And she wow. was trying to practice the next day and just a super high pain tolerance that actually probably hurt us a little bit. Cause she got herself more injured as it went on, as opposed to being able to shut her down. But then it was like, okay, now here you go. OBS. and then seven minutes into a three game stint in Florida Nye goes down. Um, and, and that was it, you know? So it was like, all right guys, here we go. You know? And, uh, Aubrey's really taken to that. And even the one game that she didn't score a bunch of points at LSU, she gets 12 rebounds. It's like, I told Ash today, I said, Ash, how many more times are you going to let your little sister out rebound you? (laughs) And she goes. All I do is block them out, and then the ball just lands in her <laughs> hands. So, uh, Wait, this what this which says it, is Which this is a somewhat Paul true.
2: Scenario: <laughs> like everyone yeah, blocks exactly. out for Chris Paul to get his rebounds. It,
0: it is amazing how the ball just kind of finds Aubrey. But uh, you got to be willing to stick your nose in there a little bit too. And and right now, uh, you know, and and kind of alluding to obviously what part of what this week is about, If, if if somebody who transferred from our program who ended up at the other side of the state is on our roster, what kind of minutes does that give Aubrey right now too? So, like I said, everything kind of worked out in her favor to kind of give her this massive opportunity to, you know, she can miss two, three, four shots in a row. We know she's going to take the fifth one and then she may make her fifth, sixth, seventh. And you know, where before, if you have four or five different options, you may not get to that point. You know, uh, I remember watching Matt Thomas and Naz long, And Fred Hoiberg tried to maneuver that when they were both freshmen and and sophomores. And those guys would feel like they'd played 15 minutes a game because they'd find which one was hot. And in a given game, we can allow Aubrey to get cold, start cold or work herself into getting hot or whatever that is. And um, in a weird way for somebody who really loves the game and all four of our guards right now, luckily they really do. And they're in good shape and, as long as they can stay out of foul trouble, they can go 40 minutes. Uh, we'll see that on Wednesday, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're kind of teasing this game coming up. The Seahawks game is coming up just in a couple days. Um, we're recording today on a Monday, so just in a couple days, the Seahawks game. So, like, what what are you guys looking at? Are you are you you know super focused on Caitlin? Are you guys? Um, is it any just? any old game it's you know just the same game we play every week what are you what are you guys talking about in the in the locker room heading into this game
0: yeah I mean I think our our approach all season so far and honestly it didn't it it hasn't matter who we've played Um, we've kind of said it's it's a nameless faceless opponent and we're just trying to be the best version of of Iowa State that we can be every single day and I know that sounds total coach cliche um, but I think with our group it's it's really stuck with them and it's it doesn't matter if we're playing at Drake or at LSU or Longwood at home. You know, we want to be the best version of what we can be. And that version needs to get better every single day. Um, and obviously this week is is unique. I mean, nobody's going to act like it's, it's not. Uh, I know Iowa fans like to think that we make it a much bigger deal than they do, but – I got a lot of arguments <laughs> against that.
1: Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyways, uh, it, it's a big thing for our state and you're, you, we're, we're in a, a state where women's basketball is really, really good. Um, I, I, both this game on Wednesday is going to be on ESPNU and it's a top 15 matchup in the state of Iowa. And you and I and Drake are probably going to finish two out of the top three in the, in the Valley. So um, all four could be borderline it borderline NCA tournament teams. I think, you know, two or three will for sure be in, and I, I would say that the fourth, whoever that team ends up being, um, will have an RPI within the top 80. So uh, we play everybody. You know, the men's game went away from that a couple years ago. So uh, these games are tough. Uh, they're tough for for us in Iowa to play Drake and you and I. Um, you know, you almost feel like you have more to lose than than you do to gain in those games. Uh, a lot of those kids were probably. Backups to some of your recruits, and we say all the time we can give Tanya Warren and, and uh, Allison Pullman's pregame speech. Hey, they chose those kids over you. You know, yeah. I mean, pretty simple. And uh, and we understand that. And uh, we had to go face that at Drake. We got down 11 in the second quarter, and after that, really, that was the first sign of maturity that we saw from our team all year was putting the foot down. And and after that, probably outscored them by about 30 or or more, you know, in the, in the last 25 minutes of that game, we got you and I coming here. Who's a really good team. But before that, obviously Iowa. So I don't think the focus is necessarily going to be on one player. Obviously everyone's going to make it. Caitlin Clark and Ashley Jones. um, You know, we want to be the better team. And I think, uh, you know, Ash has proven that this year, I think her numbers are a little bit down across the board, but her percentages are up Um, the way she's sharing the ball. She actually passed it to her sister the other day, which was amazing. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think that the pieces that we have around Ash um, are using Ash to their advantage. And uh, and I think that that's the one thing that I feel really confident about going into the game. And Caitlin Clark's a great player. Uh, one of the best players in the country. She's going to be representing USA basketball. She's going to have gold medals. Uh, there's no doubt about that. You're not going to stop her from shooting. Um So there's only so much you can do. Um, So I think the focus for us needs to be on how can we make it as tough as possible for her um, limit the things that they really want to do. The other kids that are, that are much more tendency driven, how do we get them off of exactly what they want to do, where they want to do it. Um, And then they got a post player that shoots 70% on the block. You know, how can we make sure that her night is a little bit tougher than normal and Unfortunately, we did that for three quarters there last year. uh, Really, really, really well. And then uh, I've watched the fourth quarter way too many times in the last week. So, um, but it's a four-quarter game. We know that. And I think that uh, we'll be ready for that at Hilton uh, this Wednesday.
2: And who are you going to throw at her on the post? Is it going to be by
0: committee? Yeah, it'll be by committee. The good thing is for us, I mean, you know, everybody wants that go-to post player. We don't have that. I mean, we've talked about that all year. We don't have that. But the thing is that we can run fresh bodies in at her all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that is, that's one advantage to not having a go to post player is that we, we can, if somebody's tired after two minutes, we'll come right back at her. And, and hopefully by then she's a little bit more fatigued. And then we're throwing a fresh body at her. And, and then two minutes later we'll throw another one at her. So, yeah. um, they all come with five files too. But unfortunately <laughs> they shoot free throws better than us, which is, which is saying something. I think they're like number one in the country and we're like three. So, oh. um, I don't think either team wants to file the other one and uh, we certainly can't afford to get in foul trouble. So that that's certainly one of the emphasis that we have, but uh, we want to play fast. We want to get it up and down. Um, I think this game will be a great game for TV. I think it'll be a great game for the fans. I think Hilton will be rocking uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement around basketball right now, especially at, at Iowa state. Uh, I know Iowa's probably feeling the exact same way. I think, France team's probably doing better than they thought as well. So, um, I think, I think this week will be really, really fun in Hilton. And hopefully, uh, we can come out with two wins.
1: You mentioned, uh, not being, not wanting to get in foul trouble. You were shorthanded against Longwood and LSU, um, with Danae and I out, do you anticipate kind of the same game plan of just, get, um, rotating bodies in and getting Maggie in, in more minutes, um, as she, you know, gets back into game shape.
0: Yeah. That was kind of a pleasant surprise to have Maggie. Um, We were kind of thinking it would be after Christmas, to be honest with you. But Mm. I think after her watching in Florida and maybe Lex and, and Emily wearing off on her a little bit, being like, Hey man, I mean, you can't give me like five minutes, you know, like, (laughs) come on. Um, So uh, you know that even if she gives us eight or 10, like we tried to do the other night, that's two minutes for Emily, two minutes for Ash, two minutes for Aubrey, two minutes for Lex, And we try to put those around a media timeout so that it ends up being like really a five minute rest for, for those other ones. And those guys are prepared to go 40. They can go 40. Um, I think we saw what it looks like at the end of a three day stretch uh, in the second half against UMass. But luckily we don't have to do that for a long time. Um, If we're doing that, we're in Kansas city and we're playing for a championship. By then hopefully we have some of those guys back and it will be ready by then. But um, they can go 40 if we, the the main thing is staying out of foul trouble, but uh, it is nice to get Maggie back. And I told her, she's like, oh, I can't dribble. I can't do this. I'm worried about my defense. For her shooting the basketball, was like riding a bike. Uh, I mean, she didn't do much at all for like two months. And then one day she went out there and she was shooting. And that was the day Will was at at practice. And he's like, dad, when's Maggie? Maggie going to come back when she does, we're going to be a monster. And I'm like, I mean, she made like 16 threes in a row, just messing around. I mean, not even, not even trying. So um, that's nice. It's nice. to.
1: And it was so cool to see the warm reception. She got at Hilton. That was really nice. Oh,
0: It was awesome. And I know that means a ton to her and her family and uh, it was well-deserved. Obviously our fans have missed her for a long time. We've missed her for a long time. And uh, she actually had a really good summer, really good, camp really until we were about ready to get started with practice. And then she had the setback and for a while, there was, there was many a practices where I was like, she, she could end up being our, you know, second, third best player. She's right there. She's going to get 16, 18 points a game. I mean, she was playing at a super high level. So I think she'll get back to that. Um, I really do. She's in a really good place right now. She's done all that she's needed to do for rehab, which is a lot. It was, it was uh, the doctors really asked her to be, very cognizant of the time that she's spending on her legs. And, and that meant like, Hey, that's, that includes standing at a football game that Mm -hmm. includes going shopping at the mall that like, you don't think about it that way, but it's like, we're going to use all of your time in basketball, you know, and, and going to school other than that, like you really need to, to watch yourself until it fully, fully heals. And um, it's just one of those things that you can't exactly put a timeline on and, Hers seem to be longer than a lot of other ones, but um, I think she's on the tail end of it. And we're going to be careful with it. Uh, We're not going to run her out there for 30 minutes against Iowa or you and I or anything like that. But hopefully by the time we get to, you know, February and March, she'll be back playing a a very considerable role. And even now, 10 minutes right now seems like a lot because we haven't had that.
2: Mm-hmm. So, okay. So she did get a really warm reception on Twitter as well. I noticed that. But one thing that I just have to bring up is Twitter hated the attention that Kim Mulkey got in your guys' LSU game. And I know that like you guys didn't notice it because you're not watching the broadcast, but you probably went back and watched it. And it was like a picture in picture. Like she's literally, <laughs> yeah, she's on a run. Like, is that type of thing distracting to you guys or to the girls while you guys are playing? Like, she's just so like, like, like flashy and out there and, and, you know, getting in everybody's face. Is that distracting? Do you think?
0: I mean, I think the good thing in that regard is that like, for the most part, everybody that was playing for us, has we played against Kim before. So, um, my wife happened to be one of those people who was, uh, who was tweeting. So I came back after the (laughs) game, we had no cell phone or service in this Tigers, Den, and, and I had never been to Baton Rouge. And, uh, and it, I mean, they got a great setup. The, the, the amount of money is, uh, they ran Brian Kelly out there before the game. And it was like a wave fell. Like you didn't even take the microphone. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? Like he's just waving. Like, shouldn't he be going recruiting or something? But anyways, <laughs> and then, you know, so it's like, it's just like, you can just tell, it's like sec, everything's completely over the top. Everything's crazy. The lights, the smoke, the everything. So then Kim walks out and you know what you're going to get. And, uh, and I'll say, I will say this and I'll preface this. Kim has been very great to, to our program Uh, to my dad. I think she's very respectful of what we've done at Iowa state. Um, and we've had some really good battles recently, which have helped that I think. So, from that perspective, and and the stuff like she and I always talk Cardinals baseball, and and I know we make a lot of that. Um, her her son was there, gave a a brand new bat autographed. He gave it to my son. She's always been over the top generous with all that stuff. So, unfortunately, when he, she knows when the camera's on her, and then it just goes to a whole nother level. Yeah. And I think, honestly it's the it's to the detriment of to our sport that ESPN even allows that it's not that's not Kim's fault. I don't think Kim has enough. Maybe she does but I don't think she's going to ESPN and saying I need a camera on me split screen in this game. I mean I know we all joke. Yes it is the SEC Network but technically (laughs) that one was actually ESPN. So the fact that they are doing that and and I'll just give one quick snapshot. So my brother, who's in a text message group with about eight or 10 other guys, I'm sure everybody's got their own text Mm -hmm. message groups, but you got young thirties guys, you know, that are in this group that probably don't watch a ton of women's basketball, to be honest, but they knew we were on whatever. So they watched and they're texting Steve after the game. And they're like, is this normal for women's (laughs) basketball? Because to me, this is like almost like a mockery, a little bit of a joke because you have a team who's actually rated 13th in the country who has an all American candidate who has three kids on the bench who aren't playing, who has a coach that's won 700 games. You would never know any of that, but
1: thank you for saying that.
0: And, 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 and then it's like, look like a week earlier, our men beat Memphis who was number nine in the country who have a coach named Penny Hardaway. There's no penny cam. Like why are, why, if, and, and, and believe me, like this podcast is great. This is a great example of like equality. And this is what we want, right? Like as a sport of women's basketball, we made a big deal about this with the NCAA tournament. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we want to be able to use the term March Madness, but the men's tournament uh, copyrighted or whatever, 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 all that, the weight room and all that stuff that we went through last year with COVID and the, and the comparisons with the men's tournament and the women's tournament at some point we have to stop making our own divisions and you don't, you don't watch a Tom cam or a Sheshevsky cam like that. So why are we making it a infomercial for LSU on ESPN when it should just be about two great teams, a good basketball game that was never outside of 10 points really. And coaches with history of each other and whatever it is, you know, like, But until we buy into that and and the broadcasters and announcers and producers or whoever are in charge, then we can't complain when we don't get equality because we're doing it to ourselves, in my opinion. Um, So that's my biggest issue is that you got that's just a small sample size of eight men who don't watch much women's basketball. And that was their takeaway from that game.
1: And it was, it was interesting on Twitter. I feel like Iowa state fans are pretty educated when it comes to women's basketball, because we have such a history with, um, you know, with you guys at the helm and uh, the fans were very upset for all of the reasons that you just Mm -hmm. explained, because that's not what we typically see on a normal Iowa state broadcast. It's typically basketball. And it was so frustrating to watch this national broadcast talk exactly like you said, make it into an infomercial for a Kim multi and LSU. And so, yeah, thank you for saying that you said it incredibly well and eloquently and much more, uh, much calmer than what I, I had been texting to Elisa.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I saw, I saw a lot of those in, uh, and I, I just think like it was, that was the microcosm of what we're living in in our sport. You know, it's, it's just, um, until we start fixing that ourselves and, and holding ourselves to the same standards, then I don't think we can expect it universally. And, and you're right. You hit the nail on the head. Fortunately, we work in, a, in an athletic department that does treat everything the same. We I'm on a, a message board podcast. Let's, you know, and I always talk to Chris Williams about this, like how many women's basketball programs have a program that's respected enough or cared about enough to even be, have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a forum on, mm-hmm. on a website, let alone be asked to be on a podcast or go on Chris's radio show or what, any of that stuff. But our fans look, they click, okay. they, they listen, they, you know, ad sell. I know this is a free service. So Chris has got to make money. And if people aren't viewing and listening, then it's not worth it. Our fans do. Our athletic department understands that our athletic department gives us what we need to be sustainable so when we step outside of the national brand and we don't see that that's where we get upset and our fans get upset because we're not used to that and and really it shouldn't be that way and it's almost like the Kim Mulkey's of the world or Geno's or whatever which rightfully so they are way up there but the division is within our own sport it's not men's and women's like how many people would even know who the men's coach at UConn is right now? How many people know who the men's coach at LSU is right now? Not that many, way less than the women's coach. Yeah. So, you know, but so then when you get on with it, it's a, I got, I would love to play LSU all the time and, and play Kim. And it's a great thing for our players. It was a great environment, but don't put me on TV. If you're not going to give me any due diligence. Yeah. Like we'll just play the game on, on 1430 KSI, like whatever, you know, <laughs>
2: Well, I feel like we've taken like way more of your time than I promised, but I do have one question that I've just been dying to ask. And hey, I, the I, only
0: reason you took up too much of my time is you can't get me to shut up. So <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's well, maybe, my own fault. That's my own fault.
2: Maybe you won't be able to shut up about this, and I know that our listeners really want to know this. Was I popular in high school?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. The answer
2: is no. I was not. He's lying, and you are He's lying. <laughs> His face just turned <laughs> red. His like, suddenly went out. <laughs> we <laughs> die. No, I was not popular <laughs> in high school.
0: But well, <laughs> now that you're this big baker, I know. I mean, I didn't even know.
2: That's what I told I mean, her. We, She's hot stuff. Now, I'm, now
0: we, I'm famous. We got to get some goodies. We got to get. <laughs> we got to get it all hooked up. We got to get it lined up.
2: I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's how long many long how up. many
0: shameless plugs do we put in for the uh, for the goodies?
2: Listen every week. <laughs> every week we put
0: in a shameless plug. There, there, there <laughs> we go there we, there, we
1: go. Oh, this was so great, Billy. Thank you so much for joining us and taking time. We really, really appreciate it. Awesome.
0: I thank uh, thank you guys. Thanks for covering uh, our our le- young ladies and uh, excited for Wednesday and, and Sunday. Should be a oh, good beat week up for on us. the
1: Hawkeyes for us. Okay.
0: I hope so. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, guys, for having thank me on. Thank you. Thanks. All right.